Hello, everyone. I'm Kristen Crockett, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Destiny Podcast, Creating Your Own Rules of Empowerment. And I am so honored and blessed today to have Kimberly Lechnick on my podcast. Kimberly Lechnick is a relationship coach. She has her own business called Intentional Pathways by Design. I also met her as a relationship concierge from a wonderful entrepreneurial group I've been a part of for a very long time, um, Entrepreneurs Creating Impact. Kimberly, thank you so much for coming on my show today. How are you doing? I'm doing really, really well. Feeling very, very courageous today, Kristen. Thank you for having me. I love it. I love a little bit of courage. Actually, what am I talking about? I love a tsunami of courage. <laughs> I love a little bit, just a little bit. No. <laughs> no, I think that's awesome. I know um, one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure that I had you on my show, besides that we just have a really, really amazing time every time we speak, was because of your amazing faith and the way that you are with your faith. Um, it's something that I've really worked on for myself in the past three years, particularly in the past two and, you know, one of my favorite sayings is giving, you know, I give it up to God. I'm like, I, I must give it up to God because I don't have control over people, places and things. I have control over my own actions. I always say, you know, and I learned this, of course, from another group, but it was I have control over my actions, reactions, motivations and expectations. And so what that meant to me is there's so many times where I just give it up to God. I'm like, if, if. I have control over me. I don't have control over other people. So I really have to be really, you know, aware of that and create that kind of awareness. And in that has been, you know, one of my pathways to use your terminology to my courageous destiny and my own courageous faith. And I know we had such an amazing conversation about this. And I thought I would love to have you on my show to share because I think you're really amazing. So thank you so much, Kristen. Thanks so much. And I, I, I too think you are absolutely amazing. You know, I think that being women, uh, being sisters, if you will, it's really, you know, important for us to lift one another up in whatever we are trying to accomplish. I can't agree more. I can't agree more. So why don't, why don't you tell me about, I would love for you to, because sh you shared with me, and I'd love for you to share with the listeners about one of your experience. I know we've had different levels of this throughout our whole entire lives. When you, when you think of the term awakening for you, what has that entailed in your life? What can you share with us? Wow. That's an amazing question. And one that's absolutely multi-layered. Um, when we talk about faith, I was thinking about this, you know, all weekend long and thinking, you know, what, when did it show up, you know, and when did I really embrace it? So back to this idea of consciousness, there's been many times that it's like I was sleeping, you know, I was just sleeping and I needed to sleep. Because mm -hmm. I know that you and I were talking about this at length. You know, there were times in my life that I needed to sleep. You know, and in fact, um, not until 
I don't know, maybe at 10 years back, did I realize that amnesia for a person was something that they could absolutely experience because I, I, I couldn't figure out why I couldn't remember certain things, certain experiences, certain time periods in my life. But one thing around this idea of consciousness comes up for me with my oldest son. And it comes up for me when he, you know, from birth, you know, our first one is, you know, that experience where we really, you know, we dive in as mothers and we really, you know, embrace it. We want them to do all things. You know, we involve them in this, we involve them in that. And one of the things that my older son did was play baseball. And he played baseball for a really long time. And I believe it was when he was just about 11 years old. So I, he started at three and that was just one of the many activities that he was involved in. But he started at three and it was a, he was 11 at this time. And he, he was in the championships. Their team had made it to the championships and I was just over the moon for him. So at the time when I was thinking about it, I was thinking about it in terms of him or so I thought I was, when really honestly it was the ego and I'll get to that. So they won the championship and it wasn't until after all the, the excitement and everything that was going on. And I looked at him and I said, you know, I said, uh, are you ready for the next season? This is like so incredibly exciting. And he looked at me straight faced and said, no, I'm not. And I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And all I could do is my mind was reeling. I mean, it was just absolutely reeling. And I'm thinking, what do you mean you don't want to do it anymore? Like, this is amazing. Like, I, I couldn't wrap my head around this. But in the coming weeks, I surely did. Because it was one of those moments, one of the many moments, where I had a choice. I had a choice to become conscious in that moment and see him, hear him listen to him for what he really wanted for his life mm. or make it about me and make it about my ego. Because again, it, I didn't think at the moment that I was coming from the ego, but I certainly was. And I had to come to terms with that because it wasn't about him being passionate about that experience. It was me. And what I was placing on top of him. And how many times do we do that in many areas of our lives where we are coming from the ego and not really from the heart and from being conscious? You know, I, for my listeners, I, I want to I pull out this concept of ego. I'm going to explain it how I explain it. And then I want you to make any adjustments so that we're making sure that we're on the same context or we're coming from the same context. So when I think of ego and when I explain it to my clients, your ego is your actor. 
Okay. So your ego, your ego is that part of you that survives, you know, it's going to help you to survive. You, you don't want to not have an ego because you don't want to forget to not put your hand on a hot stove. If you do, it's going to hurt. We need an ego. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And you don't want it protecting you from things that you don't have control over either. You know, so your ego, I like to say easing God out, you know, so your ego, a lot of times will try to have control in situations that you don't have control in, you know, and I think it shows up so frequently, you know, particularly with our kids, of course, you know, our kids, our spouses, our loved ones, we want to control and protect them and protect other people from harm's way or from the life that we want them to live. And we can get really, really attached to, you know, life in a certain way for our children. But our egos will, our egos will, you know, kind of hang on to that idea and we don't release them to be able to have the lives that they so, you know, that they want. And we'll see them a certain way but they'll be wanting to create a certain way. So I love that you said, you know, that you recognize that. Of course, at first you're like, but he's amazing, right? (laughs) 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 Then he's like, I don't want to. And you're like, oh, are you kidding me? (laughs) All the time. Because if you think about it all the time, all the investment, all the everything, Mm -hmm. really how that impacts, that's not, Really, you know, because if we would have asked the right questions to begin with, if we would have asked the right questions to begin with, what would that have decision? What what would the the decision might have been different then? But it really taught me. It really taught me. And I see him so differently now. I see him for who he is and who he wants to be. And I can see the change and dynamic between the two of us. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. I love that. I love that. So, you know, I I was thinking about this too. What, what other, I know that you also had some very, very spirit, you, you know, you started developing your spirituality at a very early age because you, you went through some stuff. Let's just be honest. You, you've been through some stuff. I'd love for you, if you were willing to share a little bit about your sister is, is that is that okay? Sure, sure. Um, I have a half sister, and she's passed away now. Um, and I don't really know how to get in this in this conversation from this entry point, but I can say that her and I um, were different, but yet the same, right? She had a lifelong addiction to drugs and alcohol, struggled until the very end, until God really changed that and gave her new glasses because she accepted, you know, God, she accepted Jesus into her life. Um, But I'm telling you, you know, you hear stories of teens that are dying from addiction 
teens, teens that have only been involved in addiction for a very short time, but she lived all life of it from 14 years of age all the way until 56 years of age. The whole entire time, what we minus the last few years. So I'm not sure where you really want to go with this, Kristen. Um, you're, you're doing great, by the way. You're doing great. And I was thinking along the lines of your courageous faith. You've been through things. And one of the things that we had talked about in our pre-interview was how these things were, you know, it was like the messes that are happen in our lives, the things that happen in our lives that aren't so perfect, you know, and they hurt. We can make a decision in that moment to let them break us and to tear us down and to make us weak, or we can make a decision to let it make us strong and have us going. You know, I was thinking about this because I know one of the questions you asked me was, um, what was one of the most courageous things that I've done? And I, I have to say two things came to mind before we started this conversation. And one was the day that I walked into my mother's room and I couldn't wake her up. Mm. I couldn't wake her up. And I talk about this amnesia and, you know, this is one of the things that I didn't really hold space for, for a really long time, but it was traumatic. It was about seven or eight and I couldn't wake my mother up. So again, that led to a different life. I mean, she's alive still. I mean, she's alive still. They did wake her up. She did get the help that she needed. But in that moment, and I see it as clear as day, there's no amnesia there anymore. But the fear that was put into me that was placed inside my body as a young person that is not designed to deal with that will live with me to a certain extent forever. I, the second thing is when my dad decided when I was an adult that he was just done, that I was too difficult, that he didn't want to have anything to do with me anymore. And that was just the way it was. It was not, a, he just didn't want to be involved with me. And that was really painful as well. You know, you say that, and I'm picturing this amazing woman that I'm talking to right now, and I'm picturing how many times where I just get on Facebook and I see you dancing like in the morning, you're grooving and you're, and, and, it, and it's, it's amazing to me, right? But again, we don't have control over people, places, and things. You just don't don't. have control over them. You don't. You know, Kristen, I was sharing with you too, that picture of me when I was really tiny and I was by the tree. And I think it was the cover. I had that conversation with you. And I looked at this picture forever in a day, forever in a day. And it wasn't until I looked at it last week or the week before, whatever it was, and I looked at it and I saw a face on this tree. And I, I said, oh my God, like 
God, the universe, someone was watching over me. There's no other explanation. There is absolutely no other explanation for anything that has occurred for me. No, no explanation. Nobody can convince me of anything different. When they say that we have purpose in our heart and that it was placed in our heart, it is absolutely in order for us to, to move on, to live another day. It is absolutely our due diligence that we must live out that purpose, that we must courageously walk forward as hard as it is, as painful as it is. That day, like I said, flashing in my mind when I couldn't wake my mother up, there was no conversations about it. There was nobody talking to me about it. Nobody coddling me over it. I had a choice. Mm -hmm. I had a choice as a young child to accept it and move on or to let it collapse me like it did and it consumed my half sister. I chose from a very young age that it was not going to collapse me. Now that doesn't mean that I wasn't going to go to sleep at certain times because I'm human. Of and course. I, and I continue to do it sometimes, but I vowed, and I think I shared that with you. I vow for myself never to go to sleep again. It's not happening. There's too much to be done. We're in the middle of a pandemic we're in the middle of a collective awakening and it is our oh. I, I got sales right now because one of the things that I'm really breaking out that you just said and I remember when we talked about this when we talk about courageous faith you know people who have really courageous faith faith okay it's a conscious creation and what a lot of people don't understand is when you're unconscious when you're unconscious, unconsciously, you could be like, hey, this hurts. I need to go and hide from my life because this hurts. And that's how I'm going to feel. But if you can create courageous faith, if you can create consciousness amidst that pain, you can design something new. You can consciously have it move you forward in your life. And have it be something that fuels you, something that energizes you, and again, not something that freaking breaks you. Yes, 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 yes. And we all have that. <laughs> I put my arms up the air for those of you who can't see me right now. I'm like, could I just face? <laughs> <laughs> I continue to make that decision. You know, I, I am not, I'm human. Like everyone else, I make mistakes. I, I, it's just going to happen. It's just going to happen, but that's okay. I'm getting so comfortable and falling down and getting back up that it's just nothing else really, really, really matters. You know, I love, okay. I got to break this apart out too. One of the things I, there's this song, I get knocked down and I get back up again. I sing that a lot in my head. I'm like, I get knocked down. I get back up again. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I, I sing that a lot in my head because a, it's part of, I use music a lot to reprogram my consciousness. 
you know, whose music actually helps, you know, if you have a decision or, or something that you want to program into your consciousness that's positive and might be the opposite of how you would normally react, you can use music as a way to practice the feeling, you know, practice the feeling, get it into your body. And so one of the things that I like to make an adventure or to make, I like to say to make it right, is getting knocked down and getting back up again. Because you know what? It happens all the time. And, and I'm like, I'm, I'm a freaking expert at this. You know, go ahead. Knock me down. I'll show you how to get back up again. I got stamina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a freaking rubber ball here, you know. And I'm like, I'll get back. You know, I, I make mistakes all the time. I do imperfect things all the time. Thank goodness. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Yes. Right? Like the mm -hmm. pressure that is released when we know that it's just inevitable, that it's going to happen and that it's okay. And that, oh, who gives a care, a flying squirrel, whether or not someone's watching me or not? <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. A flying squirrel. Who gives a flying squirrel? That's a really great interruption. I don't always have the best mouse, so that's good for me with my kids. <laughs> that's exactly kind of what my dad would say. My dad would always say, I don't give a rat's ass. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> he always used to say that. I like flying squirrel. <laughs> okay, but, okay, I want to get back here a little bit, but that skill set, like nobody thinks like a skill set is when you get knocked down to get back up again. But it is. What a what a missed opportunity if you don't think it is. Of course it is. You know, and I know that my impression when we were having these conversations, you know, initially was she's she's done that a lot. And that, you know, we and I look at you and you're like, you're so positive and you're so bubbly and you're so um, you connect with people, you can feel your heart. Nobody would have any idea the things that you've been through. Oh, and I don't advertise them. I yeah. choose to show up differently. I choose mm -hmm. to show up differently. You won't find me on Facebook, you know, or any other social media platform, you know, in tears. Because that processing is meant to be done behind closed doors for me, right? For some right, it's a choice. I mean, it's a choice. What works for everybody. That it doesn't exist. It absolutely exists. And that's why I'm able to show up the way I am is because I process it and I do the inner work so I can step forward with joy because that's a conscious decision that I make every day that that is how I am going to show up. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, I look at, I, I like what you said that too about the collective consciousness. So there was a few things that I pulled off in that, that, you know, a few minutes back. And it was that collective consciousness that we were all um, in this COVID, you know, let's just say this quarantine, lockdown, COVID situation, Rona, whatever you want to call it, right? I know for me, this time has truly awakened to me to what is important. It's been a time I've been working on my family. It's, it's a time that has gone, you know, I've gone through a lot of personal transition during this time. You know, I've had a finalization on a divorce. I've had 
um, many things occurring, you know, in the last several months. And yet it has been such an awakened time for me where I've been able to look at all these things that I have handled in the last several months and been able to love myself all the way through it and to be able to accept myself as I am and learn at a whole new level how to accept myself as I am. And I, and I love that. And, and I've seen a lot of people go through their own personal awakening during this time to be able to see what was important. I mean, before, you know, before Corona, I'll just say Corona. (laughs) So before Corona, I was on the, you know, I was really gung ho about the professional speaking. I was traveling all over to different networking events you know, my priorities weren't the same as they are right now. And now what I love is as part of, you know, the lockdown and to be able to evolve, because I do love public speaking and I love being able, you know, I love to go to retreats. I love to share at retreats. I love to, and, 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 you know, coach, you name it. But it was a lot of driving and I'm a mom of triplets and they're 13 and they need me. They need me. And with me traveling all over the place, that was something that was really a, uh, it was very difficult. You know, it was very difficult to manage that. And now because of that, now look at, I've got this wonderful podcast and I'm interviewing and able to share such amazing stories of courage and come up with different courageous topics like courageous faith that I'm sure and very clear that this is part of my mission. My mission is to help people see the courage within themselves and to share stories of courage with other people so that they can be able to pull out bits and pieces that inspire them and start their own journey of conscious courage because you can consciously create courage. You know, if you've got a story like me where I'm a weak, you know, for me, I'm like, I'm a big scary cat. I'm afraid of my own shadow. Like I used to have those types of thoughts. And now to be here having this podcast, it's like, if somebody would have told me this 10 years ago, I'd be like, are you crazy? (laughs) Well, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to even process it because I wouldn't have had any sleep. The the triplets were very young, but it's like. It's, it's been such an awakening period. What has your experience been like during this time? For me, I feel like this feeling of being a shepherd um, for folks. I feel like I am standing in the middle of this long bridge and I'm helping shepherd people across the bridge. Now, of course, that has has to be everyone's personal choice. But I feel that is what, you know, back to that whole idea of purpose, what I am meant to, to do. So again, going back to those times where we're falling down and we're getting back up again, it there's no other choice for me to stand up because I've got a job to do. My, you know, my father, thank you. My father, you know, um, 
is is been waiting on me. You know, if anything, he's had tons of patience for me, um, waiting on me to do the work that I have been so beautifully called to do. In relation to my to my life, to my you know, in terms of this collective awakening, it's really seeing and taking those moments and sharing that time with my kids. Mm. It's really looking at myself and really devoting the time that I need. Cause you know, again, God's been waiting on me for a really long time. And so I feel like, Hey, when my father is calling me to do work, I'm going to get it done. So I've been positioning myself in places where I can do the best work possible to not only heal myself, but heal this planet. Mm, I love that. I love that. And I've seen you even in the time we've been speaking in the last couple of months and how much you've evolved even in that time. And and I want to I want to share that with people, too, because I think it's really critical that no matter where you're at right now, you have a mission and you have a purpose for being here and you have the ability to start to design and, and live and lean into that purpose at any time. And sometimes, you know, I know a lot of people go, well, I don't know what that purpose is. You know, and there's coaches. I mean, I know I coach a lot of people that that's one of the main things I love to coach people to is what is your courageous destiny? Let me help you figure it out. And then how you're going to utilize that as a compass and do something that you really love to do and monetize it. So you can do it full time and you don't have to have it compete with things that you don't want to do. Or you think that I got to do something that I hate in life, you know, for the majority of my time. And then when I've recovered enough, I've got about four extra hours a week because I'm, I'm running around like a maniac at corporate America or wherever it is that they are to make ends meet. And then they're not happy and they're spending their life unhappy. You know, whereas if you really do live in your purpose and you know that you're doing what, you know, no matter what kind side of religion you're on, you know, are you happy? Are, are you are you feeling fulfilled? Are you feeling wonderful about your life? We've we've got one. I mean, as far as I know, anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know if it's like Groundhog Day, you know, <laughs> like we get done and we like start again. And I mean, who knows, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I mean, it's like it's like there's there's this. You've going to have so many, and I know I, I talk to a lot of prospects, you know, for my, my coaching, I don't even like to call them prospects, but it's like these people that I have these amazing conversations with. And I talk to them about what's possible for their life. And I have them creating what's possible for their life. And to, when they start to connect to that, by the time I'm done with the conversation, I speak to people that start out gray and they get their color back by the end of one call. And it's, it's one of the most beautiful things to, to, for me that I can even do. So if, whether they hire me or not, when I see that color come out in them, and then I'm able to share that I see that in them, no matter what, I've, I've, I've been able to show them that at least a little bit more. 
and, and inspired them in some way to start developing that, you know, and that to me is, is living in my purpose, right? My courageous destiny, my courageous destiny is to, you know, inspire people to take on their lives. I mean, really, that's what I want, want, want people to do. And I found that in COVID and I saw that in you. I saw that you really, you know, just to go back to you, like I saw you really stepping into that even since the time that we started speaking more and more. And you're doing that consciously. Uh-huh. So even if you're out, you know, if you're out there listening right now and you're like, I don't know what my, my destiny is. I don't want to hire a coach, blah, 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 whatever, whatever it is. I'm like, well, if you're listening to this podcast, that's one thing that you can do. That's consciousness. That's something you can do. Another thing you can do is write down all the things that you love to do. You know, what kind of difference do you want to make in the world? What kind of plans do you have in the world? You know, and to to really get clear on that, that's something conscious you can do. You can journal about it if you don't know. There's books that you can read. I mean, gosh, type in life purpose on YouTube and start listening. You know, I mean, there's so many different things that you can do consciously to start designing what that courageous destiny is or what that purpose is. So I love that you brought that up. Now, I ask this to everybody on the show. And you've gone through the most courageous thing you've done. So, and by the way, thank you so much for sharing that vulnerable side of you. I know that's, that's not easy. Okay. Um, but you get one more thing before you leave this world. What is one, the most courageous thing that you can think of that you want to make sure that you do? Hmm. That's a hard one. Um, because Did one you of think the- I was going to give you an easy one? Like you're not going to be courageous? <laughs> You know, we're talking about the collective awakening and bringing everyone together and, you know, healing ourselves in order to heal humanity. I really feel like I am part of this greater mission of creating more peace, you know, in, in the world and really honestly being a greater force in healing the world. So I am a part of a a global initiative that is working on creating a more peaceful, connected society. But I think it goes beyond that. It it just absolutely goes beyond that. So I haven't had the visions of what that's going to look like moving forward. But I definitely know that I can feel it. I can feel that my life is being used for something so much greater than myself um, that that it has something to do with that. It, it, it really does. I love that. So basically what you're saying, what I'm hearing you say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, please do, is that the thing that you want to make sure that you do is you want to listen because there's something more for you to be doing here. And you know, it's a global, it's a global initiative of healing the planet. Yes. That's pretty darn courageous. 
Can you imagine everybody like knowing that you're going to just be open to listen? That's, that's what's wonderful, Kim. That's really, really beautiful. Thank you for coming on today. Oh my gosh, you're just so amazing. And you guys, and we didn't talk about her relationship coaching, but she is phenomenal. I mean, the amount of healing work she's done and the stand she is for people and the positivity is truly inspirational. How do people contact you? They want to know more about you. How do they reach out to you? Um, they can reach out to me on Facebook. I'm soon to be on Instagram, um, LinkedIn, um, LinkedIn. Um, you can reach out to me at in uh, Kimberly or sorry, Intentional Pathways, um, capital B, capital D at gmail.com. Send me an email. You can check out my website. Um, just reach out. I'm here. And I love connecting. I love having conversations. And I love learning about you. Um, because that's absolutely what it's all about. It's learning about one another, bringing us together, um, closing that gap and, and really going out there. Like I said, the, the key is if, if I can give you, can I give your audience a takeaway right now? Yes, please. Yes lean into this, you know, lean into our conversation that we had together. But if there's one thing, one easy thing that you can do, it's do something, do something, do some small little thing that you can do for yourself, do for yourself to move yourself one step forward to healing yourself. And I'm telling you, the glasses that you will put on after you continue it, You'll never be the same. You'll absolutely never be the same. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for having, this was truly special and um, so honored to have you. And please do not hesitate to reach out to, to Kimberly. I will have her information also in the show notes. So please feel free to take a look at that. And I love you all. Thank you for listening. And, you know, go out and start developing your own courageous faith. You can do that consciously. All right. Bye for now, everyone.